Welcome to a new world of entertainment. The Ultimate Film Television Podcast. Featuring Mike Winkler. Alistair Englehart. Daniel English. Jeremy Larson. And Jason Kabasi. Created by friends. All film lovers. We feature in-depth discussions and celebrity interviews. This podcast is available on all major platforms. Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast. On this episode... it in your face just like you knew the moment you looked at me that i was coming with you we're in you've never believed in the one i still don't i believe in him mr anderson welcome back we missed you i believe it is our fate to be here I know what I have to do. Here we go. Our Matrix Retrospective begins. On each episode, we'll be discussing each movie in the Matrix Trilogy. We will be doing in-depth discussions, so this retrospective will contain spoilers. show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. And now, our discussion on The Matrix. All right, so Dan English, welcome back. It's nice to have you back. Thank you. Post-COVID. Yeah, yeah, post-COVID. Danny. Glad uh, to have you back. Back here with Alistair Englehart, or as he likes to call himself down there, Cypher. Uh, Jason Kabasik and Jeremy Larson. Mike Winkler here. Well, guys, <laughs> we've been to The Matrix. Everybody? Yes, we have. I've been looking forward to this for a while oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, I think we said we were going to do this a couple months ago, and then we got kind of sidetracked with other things. But hey, we are here. We made it to the Matrix. That's right. So, uh, I guess the first question I want to ask everybody is: is this is the best question I think to start out? Can you tell me about your first experience watching the Matrix? Let's start with Dan. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a great question for this movie because I think it's one of those movies where you only get that first watch one time and it's yep. so unique from the other times. So this movie came out in 1999 and um, 
it must have been around my birthday because my dad and brother went to the movie theaters to watch it to make sure it was appropriate for me and then took me to the theaters to watch it. Um, so it was on the big screen was the first time I saw it. And oh my gosh, I loved this movie. I remember like memorizing whole scenes from this movie, using it for school assignments. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So Dan was actually, I think, the first to the movie. Sorry if I'm cutting out. Um, the first what? Hitting. Oh, there's the first yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I had not seen the movie prior to our Newbert days. Um, there was a number of movies that I watched with Dan mm. on rainy days, uh, including the Chronicles of Riddick and uh, the Matrix, oh, Matrix yeah. trilogy. Oh, okay. I think we watched all three over a span of time. We um, must have, yeah. The Village but, um, was one yeah, of those actually, movies the, the, we watched. Oh, right? God. <laughs> the Village. The, the, story, the Village. I um, go down to the I, Village. Oh, God. I didn't get a chance to really um, take in the story all that much the first time because I was more focused on the effects. I remember, I think I, I remember most from the first watching really being impressed by the effects of the film. Um, and it wasn't until later on, I feel like in college that I sat down and gave it a rewatched and tried to pay more attention to the story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember loving it. I remember having, having a good time with Dan able to offer commentary as well. While we watched it. <laughs> How about you, Jason? Huh. So my first time watching The Matrix was probably just after it come out on VHS DVD around that time era. And I remember when I first watched it, I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. I didn't follow it at all. I couldn't follow it. It wasn't until probably freshman year in high school when I rewatched it again and actually sat there, uh, paid attention to everything that I just, everything just kind of just blew me away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cinematography was amazing. The grant, the CG, the everything about this movie was just on a different level from anything I had seen at that point And still to this day, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to agree. I'm I'm along the same lines as Jason with this one. First time when I saw it, I didn't really understand it. Loved the combat sequences, but it just the entirety of the uh, the movie didn't really kind of click with me until a couple of years after I had seen it the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of the same way with that. I unfortunately didn't get the chance to see the first one in the theater, and uh, I think I mean well, I was probably like what ten years old when the first one came out. Um, I remember hearing about the movie and then I remember seeing it, you know, commercials on TV, the bullet time sequence with Neo going back and forth. That was the biggest overplayed sequence on TV. So it was hard Mm -hmm. to not know it existed. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that was kind of my first experience with the matrix in general. Um, Every movie I actually sadly ended up seeing on DVD. I did not get to experience a matrix movie on the big screen. Really? Yeah. 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 I'm I'm right there with Mike on that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm, I'm there as well. Because uh, I think the sequels came out in 2002 and 2003. You know, at that point, I was knee-deep in the prequels of Star Wars, and that's kind of where my focus was. 
Um, so the Matrix was kind of in the back of my mind. Um, but when they all came on DVD, I watched them all. And I remember I think I watched all three within 24 hours. And uh, they really did blow my mind. Just how um, how they were well beyond their time. Um, mm -hmm. how, how great and, 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 and complicated the story is, but in a good way. Um, and then the effects even today, do they just hold up so well? Mm -hmm. I was shocked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Watching through this last time was probably my first time watching the movie in, I mean, we had it on DVD when, when I was younger, but mm -hmm. it's, it's got to have been years. And I was really, really impressed with how, with how it aged. Um, but I remember specifically the bullet time. It felt like the first and then a wave of bullet time stuff came after that. I, I mean, I could be mistaken. I wasn't really watching the pop culture landscape when I was 10, but I remember shortly after in the, in the coming years, I got the game max Payne. And one of the things that I loved so much about it was that you could shoot like they did in the Matrix and you could slow it down and go, go, go. Yeah, but, that, that was a very popular mechanic in, yeah. uh, in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. No, a game. Go, go ahead, Dan. Well, it just, it's such a shame you didn't get to see it without knowing anything about it on the big screen because that made that made it such an impact because to not it's one of those movies where if someone hasn't seen it i would say don't look it up don't look up anything about it just go watch it because the knowledge, the journey in that world unfolding is just makes you feel weird and it's awesome when he wakes up in that pod it's just mm -hmm. like Fantastic. I remember being shell-shocked. Like, still to this day, I sit here and have to think to myself, in some way, shape, or form, are we ourselves living in this society that we don't know about? Did we take the blue pill and not even realize it? Didn't you well, see that, at the beginning? I took the red pill. Yeah, he took the red pill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I was listening to Elon Musk talk about how um, I'm probably going to butcher this, but I think the logic is because we have artificial intelligence or virtual reality, I think it was, because we have virtu virtual reality and it is a thing. And Therefore, the probability that we are in a virtual reality rather than what Elon Musk would call reality prime is, you know, one out of infinity virtual reality. So in his mind, we are in a matrix. <laughs> yeah, I'm there's, reading a, there's a lot a documentary, of I think, uh, about that, uh, A Glitch in the Matrix. Is that, have any of you watched it? No. Not yet. It, no, basically, not yet. Is, it, they go and interview a bunch of the folks that, that basically adhere to that thought line of, of that we, we must be in the matrix. Um, I've been meaning to give it a watch through. <laughs> no, it's Just an interesting story. See I what mean, people say. <laughs> there's a lot of interesting stories and a lot of interesting theories, and there's a lot of good scientific theories on it. Um, I, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't I, discredit it. Like after like sitting back like years later, after watching through uh, the trilogy and all that, I still get these moments of deja vu that happen. I'm like, 
I can't help it. In the back of my mind, I'm going, where did the glitch come from? <laughs> it does feel like that sometimes. No, but I'm really excited because this new Matrix will be coming out at the end of the year. It will be my first Matrix experience on the big screen. Okay. So I'm really excited for that. Um, the one thing that always sticks in my mind when I think of the Matrix, though, I think of the, the video games, Enter the Matrix and Path of Neo, because mm -hmm. those were two fantastic games. And Enter the Matrix was also a game ahead of its time. The physics in Enter the Matrix were oh, beyond yeah. anything we had really seen in a, in, in a video game yeah. in a lot of ways. Oh, which one had the secret? Where it's like the secret last level where you fought the giants, Agent Smith? I think that was Path of Neo. Giant okay. Smith. Mm -hmm. I never heard of either of those games. Oh, Jeez. you got to play I played, those. On PS2. I played the demo for Enter the Matrix, but I never played uh, them in full. Mm. Huh. They're good games. The, the Enter the Matrix is interesting because it's a side story going on within the movies that follows. Uh, Naomi, Naomi, and Ghost, mm -hmm. and uh, they actually have cutscenes that are actually real shot scenes. Mm. Mm. Wow, That's that cool. reminds me of the Lord of the Rings game, mm -hmm. where you're like behind the Fellowship. Yes, right. Uh, love you that. can watch on the DVD or the Blu-ray of uh, one of the Matrix movies. They have all the scenes from the Enter the Matrix game in there. You can watch all the scenes. Hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. It was special footage they cut just for those, uh, just for the games. Yep, yep. they shot those oh, scenes while cool. they shot uh, Matrix Reloaded. Hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing the Matrix introduced me to was the Internet Movie Firearms database, which is basically um, a database that tracks what kind of guns they use in movies for gun enthusiasts. Oh, cool! And it's so funny. Because they also do, um, I guess, like reality checks or something where they say in the movie, Neo is firing, you know, a 12 caliber, I don't even know what caliber machine guns have, but he'll say like the caliber of the machine gun from the helicopter doesn't match the shells dropping to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, and I they just go all out, but the Matrix is absolutely loaded. Cool, that's pretty cool. I, I must give that that's a watch. Cool. That actually sounds interesting. Yeah, it's um, just a website. It's like it's like the Internet Movie Database, only it tracks the different guns and stuff. Um, yeah, neat. cool. Okay, so that leads me to my next question for you guys. Um, what's the one scene in the first Matrix movie that has always stuck with you to this day? Uh, the subway fight scene between Neo and Smith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That first one, it was it was super. It, it was the tension was filled right there. You didn't know who was going to come out on top because Neo was still unsure of himself at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and Agent Smith, he has got to be one of my all time favorite villains of uh, a movie franchise because he just did. Uh, He's an authority-demanding character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hugo Weaving's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the scene that stuck with me. Okay. So, for me, it would have to be when Cypher betrayed everyone because he... I was not expecting that until that scene happened. And it made me realize just how big of a piece of shit Cypher actually is. Yeah. Hear that, Al? 
Like, I thought that was a really well played out scene. Uh, how he's sitting there on the phone with, uh, I want to say it was Morpheus and Trinity, and he was sitting there going out, pulling out each of the uh, connectors yeah. from the chairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was a pretty ruthless move on his part. Um, I remember that scene. He's just talking to Trinity on the phone. And he's just kind of belittling her, and he's like talking right in her ears. She's in the machine. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a violation, I guess, at its best uh, in, <laughs> in the Matrix. Hmm. Yeah, but um, no, I mean that scene is genuinely creepy, and I think I think you're right, Jace. Like that scene kind of stuck with me too, is because when Cipher finally does turn, um, it's just genuinely creepy. Because as he's talking on the phone to Trinity and he's just kind of walking slowly, taking out and unplugging all the machines. And as as Trinity's just laying there and kind of just whispers in his ear, it's like, dude, I, I kind of felt unsettled. Like, what are you going to do to her in this chair? Like, it's kind of a bit of a creep. It, yeah, it was creepy. <laughs> yeah. It was creepy and a little unsettling. Mm. Especially when oh. I was younger. That was especially unsettling because I think I was like sure. 12 years old when I saw that. So it was. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was different. I think one oh. of the things that makes The Matrix so noteworthy for me is all its awesome one-liners. Mm. Like, I love I love when Neo and Morpheus are training, mm-hmm. and he's like, don't try to hit me and hit me! Yep. I love, like, <laughs> when they serve him that slop, and they're like, breakfast of champions. Um, <laughs> I, I just... Um, but I think you know, chicken tastes like everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I ended up liking the most, or rather, it stuck with me the w- most, was when Agent Smith is doing a one-on-one monologue with Morpheus, and he takes his ear oh, yeah. out and he mm-hmm. starts talking about like the stink of it. I just think oh, they both yeah, yeah. are oh, yeah. doing That's so good, good in that scene. Um, smell of it. Yeah, and I also like how they anchor Agent Smith's behavior in that scene to a larger theory about um, you know, who the one is and is it Neo? Is it really a dyad between Agent Smith and Neo and stuff like that? So mm-hmm. probably that scene. Yeah. Hmm. No, what about you, Al? That is probably stereotypical, but I loved when Neo came back. Uh, I remember actually thinking he was dead uh, the first time I watched it and not, not being really sure how it was going to move forward. But I love that he came back. Don't, still don't really fully understand it, but but um, love that he came back and love that he came back actually more powerful. Um, that, I think, was, was really what made it cool for me was that he didn't just come back, but that he came back really finally. You know, why, embod- embod- you know kind of embodying the one. Um, or kind of say, do you know why? It's because he believed. Yeah, yeah, I I guess I I have to watch. Was it because he believed, or because Trinity believed, or Morpheus? Oh, see that? Uh, Okay, yeah. Um, (laughs) It's a good point. But yeah, I I just I I love that scene. Yeah, what he comes back as. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a fulfillment of that line where Neo's like, "Are you saying I can dodge bullets?" And Morpheus, <laughs> like Morpheus, is saying, "I'm saying if you're ready, you won't have to," <laughs> or something like that. 
It reminds me, right. reminds me of the scene on the rooftop where he just tells him, free your mind and you can do anything. And Morpheus just jumps from roof to roof. And, right. and, and, and Cypher looks at Trinity and says, you know, do you believe he can do it? She goes, come on, he can do it. He can do it. And Cypher's like, everybody falls on the first time. Everybody yeah. falls. And sure enough, that's what he does. He falls and goes flat. Yeah. Um, okay, so another good question. Um, what... Who is your who's your favorite character other than Neo? Who's your favorite character? Mm. Yeah, that's a thinker. I knew that'd be a thinker. Well, it's just a perfect ragtag. They're all such good characters, and they all I mean, a, a lot of the main ones add to the story a lot. It's just like we can throw away secondary characters. Mm. Um, I'm really inspired by Morpheus. Um, more and more, the older I get, because um, I feel like the the degree of courage and adherence to his worldview mm. that he demonstrates mm. is just very uncommon. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I just uh, I, I aspire to be a bit more um, like Morpheus in that regard. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. You know, I, I can think... I could see Al being the one. I really think I could see. Al. <laughs> <laughs> no, not me. I'm not me a ghost. Oh. Now I'm ghost. So. I like how even the secondary characters are so enjoyable. Like Mouse is a great example. Oh, absolutely. And this sure. time around, I was thinking about how good Tank does. Like, you don't get a ton of time with all these characters, but. Mm -hmm just the way they're all excited or skeptical i it's it really was a believable group mm. i think overall i'd say agent smith though mm. i think he does such a, it kind of defines the way i viewed him my whole life even as elrond i kind of yeah. see agent yeah. smith in it you know yeah, yeah. i was going to say i i feel like hugo i i love him as elrond but i i do think of him as agent smith first mm -hmm. and foremost yeah. 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 No, you're right, Dan. Agent Smith's got a lot of layers to his character, and he's yeah. he just seems like he has a lot of depth. And you're always wondering when he's going to appear next, what he's going to do next, and how he's going to um, create the next move that's going to uh, where he's going to have the um, the advantage on them. He's always thinking one step ahead of the, of the group, and you want to you wonder where, what is he going to do next that the group does not anticipate his move. Well, and what's so you compelling know. about his character for me is he's playing a sentient program, and he does it really well. You totally believe mm -hmm. that he's some cold and calculating sentient program, but then at the same time, he adds this humanness to it where you're like, man, you play a captive of your own system pretty well. <laughs> and like he... I get the sense that he envies the people who can unplug from the matrix and experience reality. And that, mm -hmm. you know, he, he feels bound by the matrix as much as a human who understands it does. And the thing is, is that he does get a taste of it in the end. He does get a taste, but I think every single movie, it kind of tears back another layer of Smith and he becomes actually, in a sense, more human. The what more do you mean, every other movie? In every movie, he become he he strips a part of himself and becomes more emotional rather than cold and calculated. But there's only one Matrix movie. And you can say that there's only oh, one here we Matrix go. movie, but there are in in reality, <laughs> no, no, no. 
there are three. There are spinoffs. <laughs> no, I thought those were I'm fan fiction. <laughs> I, I know, I know that there's a lot of hate for the other two movies, but I enjoy, I enjoy both of the sequels. I thoroughly enjoy both of them. Yeah, they're still fun movies. Yeah, they, they do some. They're fun. You know, they make some poor choices. Sure, they make things complicated. Sure, but they're still fun. I just, I'm not convinced that they get what they had. They're good. The action is good. I like yeah. the story and characters for the most part. But yeah. I just feel like the Matrix is so much better. Of course I'm biased, though. I saw it in the movie theater when I was 10 years old. <laughs> so I'm That's like, okay. it's such a uh, lasting memory for me. But I mean, remember, guys, it's all subjective. <laughs> Indeed. Is it is subjective. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, okay, so I guess I don't know. I have I have a good question here. Maybe this is a good or a bad question. Um, but when you when you watch the Matrix, um, when you watch the relationships between Neo, Morpheus, and Trinity, um, I think the one thing that I was always conflicted with was kind of how the Neo and Trinity relationship worked. Um, how they kind of progressed and how they kind of built it up. Did any of you guys like have an issue with the way they developed that? A tiny bit. I felt like there wasn't enough of a passage of time. There wasn't enough time in between them meeting to when they became an item. For it to make that relationship solid enough for him to become the one status, like it, it didn't seem enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of almost felt like did you know did did she fall for him because she really fell in love with him or because he was the one? See, I think it would have made uh, it, another direction they could have taken with the story is that Trinity was not like identified. If she wasn't identified, she was some, some mysterious character, but ended mm-hmm. up being someone that he knew before this whole encounter. Mm-hmm. I think that would have made a much more believable relationship ground than what they give us in the movie. Hmm. Yeah, that, that actually would have been quite good if like she remembered something from her past that she was connected to him somehow. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So I always thought that he was the one because she loved him. Um, and I don't know if you picture the fact that their whole group has been trying to find him mm-hmm. and they find him and start interacting with him as a human. I feel like it wouldn't be that hard for them both to find the other extraordinary Neo finding Trinity extraordinary because she's already broken out of this, this thing that he's been wondering what it even is his whole life. And so she has experienced the answers and, and I mean, think about post-traumatic stress. Like when she's hooking him up to the chair, he's like, you went through this, like she's his one anchor, the person that reached out to him before he started experiencing these really reality shaking things like from the moment she meets him he keeps like waking up from his own reality again and again it's almost like inception in that way when like he doesn't know what's a dream and what's not so i could definitely see her being like a really 
I don't know, grounding figure in his experience. And then from her to him, he's like the fulfillment of what she's hoped for ever since she's left the matrix. So I don't know that it's so much romantic though. That's there too. Just that it's like, they are such an important piece of each other's lives. And so it doesn't take very long for that to, Blossom. you know, to kindle something. Well, and, and then even when he grows all his hair back after he gets pulled out, you know, who knows how much time she spent, you know, Dr. Jean and Wolverine type of thing. Mm-hmm. No, that's kind of what I'm interested to find out in the uh, the new one, because the only two characters, you know, they both supposedly died at the end of Revolutions, and mm-hmm. they're bringing Trinity back too. Neo, I can kind of see how he can come back, because there's many explanations about being oh, many yeah, versions you can, of the one. There's, that you could, we, like we discussed uh, previously, there, uh, you could definitely see a way that Neo could have been brought back. Right. How do you bring back Trinity, who is skewered to death? I have a theory. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I like that. So, mm-hmm. okay. Is it a film theory? Yeah, this is a film theory. And I think it also could lead into the issues and conflicts within the film as well, is that Trinity won't exactly be Trinity. She'll be like half Trinity, half like computer. Because mm. she was skewered in so many places, the only way to keep her alive would be with cybernetic implants and uh, sort of that. It it would lean further into the cyberpunk nature of the film itself. I like that. The thing that I really got to have, that I have an issue with there, is that she very clearly took her last breath with Neo right there. Like, there there was, I don't see a way that she could have been brought back from that. Well, I mean, we're talking if about Palpatine how much. Come back. <laughs> What'd you say? No, 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 no. no Palpatine can come back. Oh. <laughs> see, it, it, the That's thing true. is that you didn't see what had happened. I'm guessing that because of all the automation and incredibly advanced cybernetics that were going on in the machine city, that they would be able to repair that and recycle that like right away, mm-hmm. just like they're incredible incredible defenses at the end of the film, you wouldn't think that they wouldn't be able to reconstruct that right away and then just get rid of the old parts. If that makes sense. That's a good thing. Morpheus does say that the body can't live without the mind, but they never say the other way around about About what happens to the mind and the body. (laughs) But the mind can't live without the heart, Neo. Based on everything that I've read, the one thing that Keanu Reeves said that the new Matrix movie's story, the heart of the story is, is that it's really a story about love. Well, it's got to be the Neo and Trinity story. So, in a way, Jeremy, I think you're on the right track with that. Because if if the whole series is about technology and artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence, what better way for Neo to have a difficult time falling back in love with Trinity than part of her is artificial intelligence, the thing that he's fighting against. So that really makes the story of love butt heads. Do you know what it really is? Turns out it's a twist ending. Dio and Trinity were actually one being the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just glad we're going to finally uh, maybe get some better closure. I don't know if this is going to lead to a new trilogy I or don't whatever. Know. I, I think it should be a one-off. 
I think part of the success of John Wick is it's the spiritual successor of Matrix. One of the things that made Matrix so awesome was the simplicity of its backstory. Mm-hmm. And then just really awesome fight scenes, really well put together action sequences. And not that, you know, I obviously like the first one better than two and three. They're they're good, but they put so much into making the story more complex, which inevitably makes something worse. I mean, it JJ Abrams does this talk about the art of leaving things unknown in media. And he's talking about this magic box that he mystery bought. box. Yeah. The mystery yep. box that he bought with his grandfather when he was young. And he ends the Ted talk by saying, and you know, in honor of my grandpa, the mystery box stays closed, but he talks about things like the graduate when you don't hear what they're saying to one another, that inevitably the, the things that aren't told when you imagine them, they're better than once they're realized. It's kind of like the way I think about a live action avatar, the last airbender on Netflix. Like I know I didn't like the one that M night Shyamalan did, I don't know what I would want from something, but it sounds awesome. But the moment it becomes realized, it's going to, I'm not going to like it. And so I'm hoping that they keep it simple and just play in the universe that we love and give us some cool scenes, a little bit of fan service, and then, you know, keep it simple. You you can hope for that all you want, but we all know what the answer to that's going to be. And it's going to be a resounding disappointment. I know. Do you feel, feel like? Do you feel like that the last Matrix movie, if this is in fact the last one, do you feel like that we have to have some definitive answers as to maybe like the destruction of the Matrix, um, the war with the machines coming to some sort of end or some kind of end in sight to get the? Because the one well, thing that I, I kind of assumed that the war with the machines was coming to an end already, like. At by the end of the third one, it I I was led to believe at least as many years later, like that was starting to finally wane itself down. Like after Smith was finally taken care of for good, and Neo and Neo was left were left in a state of limbo essentially. Uh, that the machines just kind of backed off. See, I would have thought that, too, if it weren't for the scene at the end after Smith had died, that Neo was being taken off taken off by the machines. See, if, if Smith would have died, then maybe all the machines just kind of turned off and shut down. Then I would have thought, yep, the, the, the war is over. But they don't give you that. And then the Matrix is still open and still out there. And we know the Matrix is run by the machines. So there's not that definitive answer that it's over. It's just kind of like it's over for now which is why i think they're making this one because now we're finally getting that resolve of what we didn't get at the end of the third one did they say that there were there was possible you said Mm -hmm. it was uh titled resurrection that they're saying yeah matrix resurrections appears to be the rumored title (laughs) i guess that's implying either neo's resurrection or maybe trinity's yeah i think Mm. yeah or maybe both. 
Like if Maybe. that's gonna be like the main focal point of this movie, as much as we'd like this to be, only you know just a one-off. I mm-hmm. think if that if that's gonna be the main focal point, that we're gonna be seeing more than one. Yeah. The only reason I have hope that it's a one-off is because we know that Keanu Reeves is gonna be busy with two more John Wick sequels. Uh, there's a rumor that he may, in fact, either join the Marvel or Star Wars universe. Uh, so, no, as far as I know, he I I it's almost it's like all but confirmed that he's going to be playing. Um, forget what character it was in the Marvel universe, but I'm, Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, want to say it was. Uh, it's Batman. Angel. Oh, what was the in the I'm Marvel trying to remember what, universe? It was. <laughs> One that was the like main one of the main people is like a um, vampire. Oh, uh, well, it's not more. Mo, uh, uh, it might no, 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 no. Never mind. I, was, I got the two confused. Oh I, wait, long, is he in a two play with long Lobo? hair now? No, that's DC Lo- too. Lobo. <laughs> I was singing a Jared Leto. Never mind. <laughs> oh, Morbius. Yeah, Morbius. No, there's a rumor going around that Keanu Reeves may join Star Wars in the Knights of the Old Republic movie. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There's a heavy rumor going around because, you know, he already has all the, the samurai fighting skills that he did with mm. doing 47 Ronin and some of the Matrix and stuff like that. So, cool. so I think I have a feeling that this may be a one off just because his schedule is going to get very busy. And if this is going to turn into a trilogy, they're not going to want to wait six, seven, eight years to do another one following this Craven. one. You never know. Who knows? Craven. I would. Craven. I would actually, yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah, I would actually really enjoy that. Him playing, him Craven? being Craven the Hunter. Mm-hmm. The, I, he, Craven the Hunter is still my all-time favorite Spider-Man villain. Hmm. And it's the one they have yet to touch, and they've done how many Spider-Man movies? Mm-hmm. Go figure. Not enough. No. Um, so I guess my last question for the Matrix is basically this: Does anybody else have any good dis- uh, topic of discussions for the first movie? I I don't know too much about this, but I'd heard that um, Keanu Reeves' acting had actually been uh, a subject of debate, and I was surprised by that because really? I really liked him as Neo. Mm. I did too. Yeah, I liked that he was not a very charismatic uh, protagonist, which was uh, yeah. Just well, different. the thing is, you got to look at the background of his character. He was a very uh, like secluded individual, yeah. he, he's a, he doesn't have much in the way of socializing with others other than an actual computer. You can uh-huh. even see it in the in the very first uh, instance of him talking to the people at his door. It's just it's not that great. It's actually kind of awkward for him to be talking to people. So yeah. it's right, right. It's, and it's, it's like you got to take a look at it. Also, mm-hmm. like right. why this is such a debate between people and why they had an issue with him. It follows his career for the most part uh, since he started acting with uh, Keanu Reeves. He's mm-hmm. always played either that surfer, boneheaded character, mm-hmm. like uh, Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. and those horrible movies. Won't get into that. Uh, and then you've got him playing all these characters that are just these stoic, these n- really awkward and antisocial characters hmm. that have like no real, uh, like 
form of emotion, really. It's always they're always like these cut and dry characters. It feels like hmm. the I, only thing is, is that I just I I never saw anything awkward with it. I'd be being not a nerd myself. That's, a, I that's what so. makes that's what makes it so good, though. I think is the fact that he can play these characters so well and bring up all this big debate uh, with people. That get them all wanting to go see this next one to see does he does he improve? Does he actually show emotion, or is he still going to be this faceless character? No, I I think that's I think he truly is an enigma of an actor. Hmm. No, I mean the only part of antisocial that I really saw out of him in this movie was when he went to the club. You know, he kind of stayed back while everybody else was partying. Hmm. You know, but I mean. I look at him as being a conflicted character. He doesn't know really know where he fits in with society. That's why he's kind of, you know, go goes to his work, goes to his computer, goes to his work, goes to his computer. He doesn't do anything, and then he finally anti anti socialism, a hermit. Well, yeah, yeah. In the he's beginning, he's, he's he's like that, but that has a lot to do with him him having his theories for the Matrix and and Morpheus and him being caught up in his fascination with 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 the with the matrix he hears about and, and morpheus i mean as soon as he gets to be a part of the crew with everybody else he doesn't he's not antisocial with them yeah actually in the first scene <laughs> you, you can see on his bookshelf just a bunch of milton friedman <laughs> <laughs> damn it all to hell <laughs> so I it's funny I don't think Keanu Reeves is a great actor at all mm. but I think John Wick and Matrix are just perfect movies for him yeah and one thing I appreciated this time around was um, the scenes where he was enduring like physical trauma I thought when he woke up in the tub was good like when he's mm -hmm. like feeling all the stuff and then i thought the first time he comes out of the matrix i know him taking the red pill and then it's true and it turns out that you know he just had a been a full life of inactivity at that point he was yeah. relearning how to actually do well, all sorts of motor functions again mm -hmm. can we talk about how awesome and batman-ish the soundtrack is it reminds oh, me of yeah. like I don't know, mm -hmm. early 90s, 89 Batman or something. Like, like sure. Burton's Batman? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I say my, my favorite song uh, that came from any of these soundtracks are coming from the second movie, though. I got to remember the second movie soundtrack. I, yeah, I haven't rewatched that one yet. Yeah, no, I got to rewatch that one again. It's been, it's been a while. I have to stop I, pretending. I, I love me, I love me some POD. Mm-hmm. I, I oh, honestly yeah, think that you guys don't give the, the, the second, the, the two others, the, the chance that they deserve. No. I love them. The okay, okay. They're not I'll as bad as we'll make them out to be. I'll give you one thing. The the ending of the second movie, it, it's just like... Which that one is that? Be, is that when the, the, the architect chair comes up out of the... The the architect, the, the oh, old white guy. In, oh, God, Yeah. It's did just, you see the SNL architects? I did not see that one. It's like worth it. a watch. I have to go and see <laughs> you it. Should. Now. It's worth it. 
But that yeah. that scene, it didn't really like click for me. I, I guess it was the only part of the movie that bothered me. But everything yeah. else was fine. I, what's so good about... I like the first one so much because they respect the art of an unanswered question in a way. Mm-hmm. When the, the whole first part of the movie feels awesome because they keep asking these questions and they're like, you know, what is the Matrix? And as the viewer, you're like, what is the Matrix? I don't know. <laughs> and then you kind of see it. And I feel like that was a sufficiently jarring answer. Mm-hmm. What is the Matrix? Well, it's a computer program and you live inside of it. Like that was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I don't like is when they tried to do it again, I thought it kind of fell flat. Like I was, I don't know. The architect was not this sufficiently jarring answer. It was just mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. tropey. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, the, 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 no. Everybody acts as like like the whole. Some people will say, "Oh, the Matrix mystery is never solved." The Matrix mystery is pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's answered out there perfectly. I mean, in the first movie it answers what the oh, Matrix. We got is. a comment finally in. Uh, it's quite all right. It happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of things that. Um, the Matrix, what is the Matrix? The, the question's answered in the first movie. And so many people get lost in so much of what happens in, in the sequels that they lose track of what the Matrix is and what its purpose and what its, what its being there is. Mm-hmm. And I think people get lost in so much of the, of the BS and all the other technical crap that goes on in the sequels that people just don't look at the basic simple answers that were answered for them right in movie number one. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a question. Who is the one? That's that's a good question. I was thinking about this today. I I actually conform to the theory that it's it's Smith and it's not Neo. Hmm. I'm not familiar with that theory. Y- y'all are gonna have to fill me in. <laughs> that the problem with the do Matrix you know, is do, the- do you know who do you know who the one really is? Dozer. <laughs> Dozer, the one who is not. No, No, explain that theory, Jeremy. Yeah, I I, I want to know about that. What are the dots? Uh, So, before we go into that, uh, I did send you all the link. Uh, Dink, I found the right skit for SNL. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think. I think it definitely. I. I I haven't studied up on this in a while, but when you guys, when you brought that up, as who is the one, is it made a lot more sense for Smith to be the one because he is in essence a part of the matrix. He's in part of its programming. Whereas to Neo, he is the exact opposite of that programming. Um, So I think the best telling of this theory is um, the film theorists. Mm -hmm. And it's like a 15 minute YouTube video called film theory Neo isn't the one in the Matrix trilogy. I, I feel it must have been a counter theory to this, but the one of my favorites is that Neo isn't the one and Agent Smith isn't the one, but as two halves of one, they together are one. 
Cool. And it kind of talks about how um, the final act of Agent Smith jumping into Neo mm -hmm. is the two halves of this cyclical self-destructive algorithm that's mm -hmm. whole purpose is to reset the Matrix is mm -hmm. like joining back into what they actually are, which is the one as a unit together. Uh -huh. um, yeah. I always thought that theory was fun, but yeah, it's it, been a while. It's a, since cool. it's a good theory. I like that. Mm -hmm. But the, got, the one Jeremy's so, talking about is very good. And it's, so I, I got to agree with the theory that it's gotta be agent Smith only because of going through different articles and everything, finding out what the one actually is. It was a, it was the it was otherwise known as the prime program in the matrix. Hmm. The only thing that really fits that description for me would have to be Smith. Hmm. But how can my question is how can the one be a machine? If if if, if the one's supposed to be the one that defeats the machines, then how is the, the machine the one? Here's the yeah. thing. Here, here you go. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? Come back mm -hmm. to it. Is that you're look, like even the the machines refer to Neo as the anomaly. Mm -hmm. So it's they're all they're against this term of the one that they they're against it so much that they don't think they don't realize that it could be themselves that's causing the issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you think about who an actual anomaly is it's agent smith mm -hmm. and and his his scene with morpheus is the perfect showcase of how different he is i mean he takes out his earpiece he disconnects from the rest of the matrix in a sense and he talks about human things like mm -hmm. smell and you know sweat and all this tactile stuff but you know he's just a program and mm -hmm. so i I think he's in that way. He's different. What if the matrix is an alternative timeline from the mate, the, from the terminator says Kendall. Oh, I think it's clear that it is. Yeah. <laughs> it makes I, sense. I mean, Skynet took over. I mean, it, I, you know, I never honestly thought about that. Could they be. could mix the two, and it, I think it would work. It, it would honestly and truly work. Wait, was, and to think it only started about 15, 16 years ago when Windows Vista was a thing, because we all know Windows Vista <laughs> was Skynet. How does the um, how does uh, Neo coming back fit into the Smith, Smith alone as the one theory? Well, they, they talk about that uh, with this random uh, code that's been emplaced in that that's coming from the architect, that there is this random piece of code that gets implanted into somebody, and that somebody is Neo. Neo is the other mm. side of it that fits into what Agent Smith is. Now, he doesn't realize it until the very end. It's where he's supposed to actually give in. It's not two programs fighting each other. It's uh -huh. the code that needs to work together in order for it to reset the matrix. Mm. So it sounds you know, like I really a, like yeah. that theory. Uh, it really ha makes me kind of have to change my thought on this and that it's not just Smith. I think it is a combination of both, like, we were, like you were saying, with the uh, whole two halves of the code becoming one and having it work together. Mm. To yeah, reset I like the matrix, I think I, that it's just two halves of the same coin here in Smith and Neo. I think they were both given a part of that code, and 
there that's why it felt like they were like their their fate was kind of intertwined ever since uh the beginning of this movie mm -hmm. did you guys ever maybe think that morpheus is the one no i know the reason being is that he is ex like he is so convinced like he is like the prophet basically he's the one that yeah, is giving that message and, and he plays the part of the prophet so incredibly well he is a firm believer but mm -hmm. he himself could never be the one because he does not believe he could not believe that he is the one it's a good point yeah i, I, like I, I yeah. really think that he could potentially be like a new oracle if they were to bring back morpheus in this i think he can be the new oracle i mm -hmm. think that is a fantastic idea uh, but Maybe he'll be the answer, new architect. Uh, to interrupt, Mike. Um, so to answer your question, uh, Michael, is there a chance to sal a chance to salvage the world? What do you guys think? The problem is, is with the world that they're living in in that universe, there would have to be a major rework of how everything would be done, both on the sides of the humans and of the machines. Because as they talked about, it was the fact that there was so much fossil fuel usage that the mm -hmm. sky basically went dark, and all the energy that well, was relying hey, on for hey, solar hey, power. You never know. You sky. never know. This could yeah. this could be what what if it ends up being uh, the Matrix resurrection. This could be what it's about: the resurrection of the world. It wasn't fossil fuel usage. It wasn't fossil fuel usage. Well, they don't say how, but they just darkening, the, over, darkening the sky. Over reliance of on machines. No, it so darkening mm -hmm. the sky was a the human strategy. It happened before the machines rose up. No, okay. it happened to fight the machines because the human oh, when, yeah. when Morpheus takes Neo in the that. first time, no. he says um, they didn't think the machines could persist without a, a power source as persistent as the That's sun. That's right. That's and right. that led yeah. them into. Mm -hmm. Thank you for correcting them. Yeah, one. yeah, that's right. Um, huh. my, here's a question that came to my mind: What is the literary significance, I guess, of Morpheus's ship being named the Nebuchadnezzar? Uh, I feel like you already have the answer for this. Question. I don't. I I just recognize him as you know the king of Babylon talked about mm. in the Book of Daniel in the Bible, um, but I don't know much like. Well, I know. So I knew that the ne that Nebuchadnezzar was a big biblical figure. Yeah, he was the king of Babylon, mm. and he was the one the hand wrote on the wall, "Meeny, meeny, something you farce in," and and he's mm. like, "What does this mean?" And Daniel comes in as the prophet and interprets the saying, and mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar like is terribly frightened by it. But it, it Nebuchadnezzar receives an apocalyptic prophecy basically but i i don't know how that relates I, I, to the matrix that's a tough one it always felt like it maybe i don't know uh, uh ancient babylonian king who was said to have troubling dreams he couldn't remember and uh in the matrix reloaded morpheus quotes the bible as the net was destroyed, he says, I have dreamed a dream, but now that dream has gone from me. Mm. Mm. So the symbolism of the, he thought that he would, you know, see this to the end just 
didn't happen. Oh, here's an interesting one. Breaking down Nebuchadnezzar into its forms. It's uh, Nabu, which is wisdom and scribes. Um, Kuduru, which is heir or firstborn. And to go- and then Usur, which is to guard or preserve. So if if Neo is the firstborn, is like the you know the mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know the air that needs protecting. Then mm-hmm. the ship is quite literally functions as that to hmm. to kind mm-hmm. of yeah. harness and teach the wisdom to him. Yeah, uh, exactly. The question, um, the question uh, comes in: What happened with Neo's body? Well, that's the question we all have because uh, that's what we're hoping the next movie is going to solve. Because, because, as far as yeah. we know, the uh, machines had take had uh, taken his body away after. So, uh, the is, is the I, third I one where he wasn't. jacks right into the thing, like Pretty a, yeah. a, a makeshift kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the machines kind of have like a bunch of tubes just like go into his entire body. Like every single one of the uh, plugs that he has is filled with a wire from the machine mm-hmm. city. So mm-hmm. what if that's how you become something like Agent Smith? Like Neo will become something like, like that? Like Neo is now a new version of Agent Smith. That could be an interesting plot. Like, I mean, just picture he's stuck. Like, Neo is quite literally, I'm assuming, physically grafted into the Matrix. He is part of it. And now he kind of, you know, fought to destroy it, but now he maintains it. I don't know. And it'll take some self-sufficial, self-sacrificial act to disassemble it. I don't know. The one thing that, uh, that yeah, kind of comment me with Neo's body is that the machines actually take great care in setting him down. It's not like he finished the job and they threw his body aside into something to Mm. get repurposed. It was, they took care of him. They made sure that he was okay in physical form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, no, true. Yeah. You just think as being a machine that it would just be like, nope, let's just throw it into the side. Yeah. Yeah, Well, to be fair, all of these machines care for human life for the sake of harnessing power from it. So maybe they just don't have programming to uh, tear them apart. Well, no, I would I think know. that they would. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if I, I think that they would being having to to harvest the energy from the pods in the first place. Yeah. If there were like a, a problem with the pod for it to go wrong, you know that they were able to drain it and throw it into like just this pool. That yeah, I, it they wasn't attract a, those tubes pretty darn quick. To begin. It know, wasn't it wasn't like acidic or anything. It was just like mm-hmm. water. Yeah. Huh. You Here, know I want to show you this. I want to show you guys a photo. This is a photo from Matrix Four. Okay, so Neo has long hair in this movie with the beard. He's got the John Wick style going on. And Trinity's there. And Trinity's there. So this is this is a big question because it's like, what is going on here? Why what, Neo obviously looks different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> Like, what's the but, reasoning uh, for that? There's got to be a reason why he looks different, or he's maybe been in the Matrix that long to grow all that out. Or what if they Neo is the new Oracle. <laughs> Has Carrie Ann Moss never looked different to anybody else? She uh, looks, she looks quite different here than from 
Maybe years, it's because I just watched the first movie I've ever seen her in. But you're right; she has she has aged. Um, and I, from Will the Oracle Return, she was hot. Okay, uh, Wait, it's what? sticky. That was a comment that was <laughs> just now. So here's a question I had when watching again: when Neo, when Neo was woken up from the pod, and the machine came by and like grabbed his throat, and he fell down the tube. How is it that the Matrix doesn't know everything? You know what I mean? Like, how can they commute on communicate on any device and yeah. not? them uh, not know where it is. You know what I mean? Right. A degree of efficiency. Another question in, Mike? Oh, we got another question in? Okay, let me uh, go yeah. to the question. Is Smith really dead? Was Smith ever alive? That's I, a good question. That, I mean, I, that is a good question. I personally think that it's not a matter if he's dead or alive. I think that him and Neo essentially became just one being. I think the program and the action that program caused was completed in its entirety to where it exists, but is no longer that important to the grand scheme of things. As in its execution is completed and the memory allocated for it has been released back to the heap, the dump. Yes. Something that yeah yeah and that's exactly what i was meaning hmm. okay so by popular request here uh kind of wants me to put keanu back up on the screen so <laughs> i um, mean I, I i will do that if i was in her. her position too i'd say i'd much rather look at keanu <laughs> there, than there you go <laughs> no you're breathtaking <laughs> Your wish is our command. Piano is back up on the screen. Did you say piano? Piano is back <laughs> on the screen. Piano. Piano, piano. That's uh, another touch me now moment. Not quite. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's, uh... Yeah, okay, sure. It's subjective, Jason. It's subjective. <laughs> I didn't say anything about it being subjective. Man, I go it, away. Is. I go away for like two or three podcasts, and now there are there's all these inside jokes. I don't know. <laughs> there's the intro. There's it's subjective. It's Dickie's never gone away. I but, think uh, the one you'd like to see more than any are the <laughs> Mike. No, singing. you're That's amazing. What I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're amazing. You watch us. We love you. Keep watching. <laughs> you put up with our crap every time we're together. So you're the one that's amazing here. Man, and we have like watchers commenting. What is happening when I went away? Maybe I should leave more often. You've missed so much. <laughs> don't do that. No, no, don't do that. But uh no, I mean so okay, so any any lasting Matrix One thoughts now that we've kind of gone off Matrix One, it feels like. Favorite mm. quotes? Yeah, I definitely want to do like three of your favorite quotes. Mm. Oh. Circle back to me. I got to think about that one. I'm not going to lie. Like, uh... I'm going to learn jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> that one's pretty good. I, think my, I don't know about three, but I know my favorite was uh, when she said, oh, don't worry about the base. Yeah. <laughs> what a really cook your noodle is. Would be... <laughs> yeah. I think I think the the one line that always kind of gives me chills and comes up quite often is 
Mr. Anderson. Mm, mm. Yep. That's that's yeah, that's my top three. That's classic. Right. Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Mr. You Anderson. Help the Harry I've out got garbage. Three of mine. <laughs> <laughs> we need <laughs> that's the three of mine here. We need guns. Lots of guns. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, uh, we got Switch going. Listen to me, Copper Top. We don't have time for twenty questions. <laughs> I like the one where uh, where Smith says, and then, "How can you talk on the phone if you can't speak?" Mm. And then like and then switches like great the digital pimp at work. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty good. And I like <sighs> ignorance is bliss with a big hunk of steak in his mouth. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's actually quite fitting here. Uh, how did Cypher betray them? Yeah, oh. how did Cypher betray them? Alistair, explain that one. How did you betray them? Wait, what, what was it? How did Cypher betray them? So how did you is, betray them? So is, if it's a technical question, what he, act, what he did was he took one of their devices that they bring in from their... Uh, what do they call it? The control room? The... Yeah, the room with all the screens for the yeah, the whatever. Yeah. Well, no, whatever that white room is where they load in their weapons and their oh, items. Or, I forget yeah. what he calls it. I call it the lobby. So yeah, whatever. So he takes one of the phones that they brought in, opens it up, and tosses it into a trash can. And as a matter of fact, after the deja vu glitch happens, and they're trapped in the building, uh, Morpheus turns kind of to Cipher and Trinity and says, like. Hey, give me your phone. Trinity takes her phone out. Cypher kind of like brushes his pocket and is like, uh, I don't have mine. Mm-hmm. So he he shows them where they came in and where they plan to leave from. And mm-hmm. and then they come attack the building. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, Agent Smith delivers so many great monologues in mm-hmm. the three films. Like you were talking about where, where he just takes out the thing and talks to Morpheus about, you know, smells and tastes. Yeah. And every time I do, it feels like I've been infected by it. Like, yeah. he's so disgusted yet so intrigued with humanity. Yeah. yeah. That's, I love that's every really part of way it. To put it. Oh, yeah. I like the meta back to Cypher really quick. I love the meta line where he's like, I want to be somebody important, like an actor. Like an actor. And, <laughs> and it's like such mm-hmm. a subtle actor commenting on actors. <laughs> I never got that. Yeah. You can That's see true. a tiny film mistake when Cypher betrays them when he's oh, no like way. He's shouting at Morpheus. He's like, if you would have told us the truth, we would have told you to shove that red pill right up your ass. And when he says pill, you can see uh, Lawrence Fishburne blink, like very, very prominent blink because of the pill, like the the spray that he's getting. From oh. oh, I like that. <laughs> oh. All right, so uh, I, I guess I guess final two questions before I get to how would you rate the movie? But uh, what's your favorite scene in the first movie? God, I'm good with these uh, questions. The... My favorite scene in this movie probably is going to have to go to the training sequence between him with him and Morpheus. Uh, yeah, Morpheus. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pause that for one second. We'll come back to that question in a second. We got one more good question here. What was the importance of the candy the Oracle offered Neo? Because when the candy appears in Neo's last meeting with the Oracle, he rejects it. 
the Oracle's reaction, she comments on Neo's growth. Well, because then he realizes that this whole thing really isn't real. It's not... It, it, at first, I think he was doing it out of courtesy, but it's just like any time that she would offer it, it'd be a waste of time after that. Yeah. So it was a cookie in the first one. And I think it could be because she tells him that it'll make him feel better and that by the time he's done eating it, he'll, you know, he'll already feel better or something like that. And so in, in a way I feel like he takes the cookie because he believes that a couple things that what she said was true and he's not the one. And so he needs consolation Two, that he needs what she has to say and give to the point where he relies on it. And then the third might just be that like, he's so fresh out of the matrix that he still likes cookies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, he does like candy because in the fight <laughs> scene with Morpheus, when he says, do you think that's air you're breathing? And he kind of mm -hmm. like gives him the eyebrow that unlocks a whole level of speed and competency for Neo, because I think he realizes a little bit more than he did before none of this is real. You know, I'm not bound by the physical elements of this place because it's not a physical place. And so I think the cookie is in the other direction where he's like, yeah, I will take this cookie. I'm sad that maybe he has I'm to not get out of his own head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So uh, who's going to go next with their favorite scene? It's a really tough call. I have two because anytime you say favorite, I never pick just one. I love the marble lobby action scene with all the guns mm -hmm. and all the shooting and things just exploding and how they like set off the metal detector. It's such a like mm -hmm. a comical entry. It's such a cool action scene. I just loved that. Um, yeah. But then I think from the point that Neo takes the red pill. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even just that, think of what a cultural icon that's become, the metaphor. Like, people talk about being red-pilled or, you know, it was just, we were talking, I don't know if this was before or after we actually started rolling, Dwight <laughs> in the office. Like, it's parodied. It's just iconic. All right. the way up to and through his first training. I just think that 30 minutes is an amazing mind-blowing movie the first time and it's a seamless transition into a different world that now yeah. has been forever changed that we're introduced to in the first part, five minutes of the film yeah right no you're absolutely right yeah i was gonna say uh just because you're on that jeremy the, the either neo coming back or the second one for me would be the the first couple minutes of the film i um, I, it rivals the introduction to the fellowship for me in terms of setting up the the world. Um, yeah, I really I really enjoyed how they start the whole trilogy. Absolutely. Hmm. Nice, Mike. <laughs> I, I had to share that for everybody. No, no, no. <laughs> I love how he just took the blue pill. You guys saw that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll take the blue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, no, my favorite scene, um, it's maybe not one that stands out the most, but I like the scene when they're, once the glitch in the Matrix happens and they have to hide from all the cops coming up the steps, they have to go inside the walls and have to be so silent. And I, and I love that scene because 
Cypher blows it for everybody, which I think was the plan all along. I think she he had planned that he was going to do that. Yeah. Um, and I like when when uh, Morpheus just blasts out of the wall right at Agent Smith, and they have that tussle in the bathroom. It's it's such a cool <laughs> scene. So that do is, you think it was cool. a fake sneeze? Or that he purposefully got himself to sneeze oh, by sniffing dust from the mm-hmm. wall. It's purposeful the, yeah. because they've the all been trained. Well, but all what been do you trained. think? What do you think the dishonest part is? The sneeze, or the fact that he makes himself sneeze? Is the sneeze <laughs> genuine? Is my question. I want to get to the bottom of this sneeze. I don't know if he's. Uh... You can't. Well, they've already all been taught that nothing in this universe is, or this the Matrix is real. I can't so, remember. Did hey, they shoot the wall? Smells and every, yeah, they did mm-hmm. shoot the wall. They shot the yeah, wall. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was an... Well, I don't know. Because if but he felt I, like they were going to shoot him. Oh, interesting. That, that actually yeah, that's that's another motive. Now. I just want to know, was the sneeze real? I it know it was used of... nefariously. It could have been. It could have been a genuine just reaction because sometimes you. It's like the forgetting where you are. Sometimes he could. It just could just be a symptom of him being stupid. You know what else <laughs> it is? It's like Agreed. asking questions about Inception. The actor clearly fake sneezed. So the only real answer is it's a fake sneeze. He faked it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I think it would have been for the sneeze. I think it wouldn't have been for the sneeze. I think that he would have done something else to get them caught anyway. Either way, maybe the like, sneeze was legit, like but I think he would have done something anyway. Yeah, or a, I mean, or a sniffle, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm taking on Al's role tonight. <laughs> Mike, we were talking about Mike. We were talking about quotes. We found one for him. Wasn't a fake sneeze. Ah, okay. Yeah, all right. That could be Dan's thing. Was it a what? fake sneeze? Well, any last thoughts on the Matrix before we <laughs> before we get off even more than we already have about it? <laughs> oh shit! So no, uh, I don't ratings, think there is. ratings, ratings of the movie. Ratings, oh, that's ratings, right. three. No, out of kidding. what? <laughs> three, out three, of three. Out of, three out of three? Three out of five? All you get is three. Yeah. You just get three. <clears throat> you have a total of ten points to award all I, of I would Matrix give it an eight. Movies. You give it an eight? Yep, give it an eight. I think they could have done a little bit favorite more. Favorite scene? That would be from The Matrix Reloaded, I think, then, Mike. The boogeyman scene. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that is the second movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, we'll get into that next time. Um, I'll give a number score. Uh, first movie, it's a pretty solid eight and a half, nine. Mm. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's classic, and it, and we're not talking cult classic. This movie is just a classic. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, and you love sci-fi, please do. <laughs> I mean. If you can't, you can't be a sci-fi fan if you haven't seen The Matrix. Oh no, you can't. You have no. to watch this. Right. I think I'd have to give it an eight. It's there not my go, it's Jeremy. not my favorite film, but mm-hmm. it's 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 still a good film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can't give it a full ten though. No, <laughs> no, I can't give it that either. I'm gonna uh-uh. share what Dan gives it. I. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll, I'll go before Dan. Okay, okay. Um, 
I'd have to give this probably a nine. Nine, okay. This was my favorite out of the three movies, but I I thought all three of them were really good. But this was this was like my upper echelon for when it comes to like the sci-fi films. Remember, Jason, the movies only get better after this one ends. False. Hey, make sure to incorporate <laughs> Solo, a Star Wars movie, in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I I want to first say I'm really disappointed in all of your scores, and I think they're crap. <laughs> And I'm going to give Matrix 120 volts and 225,000 BTUs. Those are my ratings. Nice. So yeah. he's basically giving it a 10, ladies and gentlemen. He, he, that's what he did. That's what so he that's, did. That's the equivalent of giving Back to the Future 1.21 gigawatts. Like that's, yeah, that's it's what the I'm... wrong retrospective there, Dan. <laughs> From now on, I'm not going to participate in numbers. So I'm always going to try and look up something that is relevant to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And we already know Alistair's three. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, 1999, you guys. This movie was yeah, yeah. So like norm even, setting. Mm-hmm. Like even by today's standards and what we've accomplished in filmmaking nowadays, and with editing, software, CGI, all of this, this movie still feels like it's ahead of its time, mm-hmm. even in today's yep. standards. Yeah. 120 no, the, volts. Yeah, the, the, the movie holds up well. I mean, you, you can't really even believe that it was made in 99. Like, I was watching uh, the the new, like, the 4K transfer that came out the last last year or so, and the movie just looks fantastic. And, and they matched the color scheme with the sequels, so everything just matches up perfectly, and mm. it just, it just, the movie holds up, and I think even 10, 15, 20 years from now, it's still going to hold up. Yeah. I give the Matrix one red pill of a rating. Nah, <laughs> one red pill. Those are the kind of ratings I live for. It it gets a solid the one. Six. Yeah, it gets a the one. Oh, that's not that bad. But... <laughs> Man, was this the first movie that I remember seeing in theaters? We I already don't know, know what yours is like. <laughs> Oh. Were you were, were were you really that old before you saw your first movie in the theaters? I don't. I mean, you would have been what what ten years old? Yeah, not <clears throat> not that I saw in the theaters, but that I remember seeing in the theater. Really? I still remember the first movie I saw in the theaters, and it was not appropriate for that age. What movie <laughs> oh, was oh, it? A Star Wars story. It was Casino. Hmm. Oh, hmm. never seen it. And how old were you? I was probably somewhere around the age of like five or six. Damn, Wait, you got, what? You, you got an education real fast. Oh my gosh. Yes, I did. And that's why I feel like I should have been a mob member at some former life. I was going to say, did you buy a ticket and then switch movies? But it sounds <laughs> like the five-year-old wouldn't be able to pull that off. No. No, I did that one FIFA Vendetta came out. <laughs> How old is V for Vendetta already? What year is that from? Oh, too such old. a good movie. 
Uh, it, had, it was what it was like right after we got out of high school or just yeah. I was gonna say right I, right I feel like early college. Two thousand five. It was like two thousand seven. I think it was two thousand five. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's oh, when, okay. That's when Portman went bald. That was a weird look for her. Yeah. And yet, she pulled it off. She pulled it. Yeah, she, she pulled it. Off. Of course, she pulled it off. Yeah. Um, but okay, so uh, next time will be the Matrix Reloaded. I Homework. Film theory, Neo What's isn't that? the one in the Matrix trilogy. I'm going to paste it. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, they're they're going to get a kick out of that one. I've nice. watched that one repeatedly. And... Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So the Matrix Reloaded would be next, and then um, that one's going to be interesting to do because I don't know what everybody's thoughts is going to be on that. Jeremy has said that it's not as bad as uh, people make it out to be. Jason said he still loves it. Dan, I don't know where the hell he's at with it. Uh, and Alistair, I don't know either now that he's Neo the One on here. I, I, he's got to love it then, right? Neo the One. Foreshadowing. What's it? What's the literary term? Not anachronism, but when it's uh, mixed up, like Neo is one just scrambled around. Oh, no. Like anagram? Anagram. I think that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Jeremy with the big brain. I'm your your prophet, Alistair. Oh, and Tank. I miss yours, Jason. Nice. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) So, yeah, Matrix Reloaded will be fun. I don't know if Matrix Reloaded is going to be as fun as the Revolutions, because I know that one's very controversial. The (laughs) Red (laughs) Pill. Does that make you the blue pill, Jeremy, with your background? Yes. No, that makes some Agent yeah. Smith. Yeah, that, nice oh. lights, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I actually just got them up this uh, this week. So mm-hmm. doing some uh, upgrades to condiment games. Yes, huh? sir. Absolutely. Nice. Shameless plug time. <laughs> Please be sure to follow Condiment Games on Twitch t- d- TV. <laughs> and I'll and also check out on TikTok. And also follow and- uh, Dog Dog Pound Nation Cleveland Browns podcast. Yeah, uh, Condiment Games is uh, is 250 followers away from 10K. On wow. Congratulations, That's great, man. Jeremy. That's wow. awesome. Maybe I'll follow you. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Just maybe. Maybe. Just maybe. maybe. I already do. I already no, do. Which, which way? Which now, if it's only a hard maybe for TikTok. me. TikTok. TikTok. Okay. Now, if only those numbers translated to your Twitch, how much do you blow Ooh. up from that? Yeah. I... Uh, I would love to have that blow up on Twitch, but I know that not everyone in the audience of TikTok is a Twitch goer. In fact, yeah. they're probably streamers who are just trying to plug themselves as well, mm. which I totally get. Oh, Everyone's I trying to plug themselves. Yeah. But it's still a matter of what they're just thinking about 10K people uh, following and subscribing to your Twitch channel. Heck, it's I never thought I'd make announce- it over. It's time to announce some giveaways on your TikTok for uh, the I've Twitch stream. About it. Well, I was thinking about do, uh, doing a um, a my first live uh, on TikTok when I hit 10K to where I would do a giveaway or uh, possibly play a game with everyone who decides to show up. Mm-hmm. But cool. I haven't uh, I haven't figured that out yet. I'm still pretty new to the platform. <laughs> cool. Hey. Got the but shanties figured out. I got the shanties figured out, but now shanty talk is dying. I haven't seen a sea shanty in like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Be cool. Be cool. Um, 
I guess just for that final announcements, good. I'll do some final announcements here. So uh, this week, you guys can see the end of our uh, Kabasik and I's uh, Saw retrospective as we break down the final two Saw movies. Thank um, God. I also wanted to throw this out there for you three guys as well. Since Jason Kabasik and I did a retrospective one-on-one, um, I'd be glad to do a one-on-one with one of you if you guys have something you want to do. Mm. Two on the Toy side. Story? So I, I, I do Toy Story. I'd, I'd be do down Toy with Toy Story. Toy Story <laughs> sounds like a great idea. <laughs> well, maybe so I just doing your, one of, your one-on-one just turned just into, into a... a well, you know what? Here, <laughs> how about this? Disney and Pixar animated film retrospectives, like going oh, through yeah. the entirety in, chronol- oh. in chronological order. <laughs> that's an ocean of content. It is. <laughs> that's a lot. That, that will, that'll take a while, but that, that would be a fun one to do, though. <laughs> Disney and Pixar together, or just Pixar? We could do Pixar. Pixar's fine too. Just Pixar. Yeah. Okay, because that significantly drops the amount that we'd be going through. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to talk about hundreds to. Are you trying to 15. kill us, Jeremy? With you don't want to. You don't want to go into a three-hour discussion about Snow White, Jason? Hell no. Neither do I. So don't no. worry about. I this. would. I would much rather drink lead paint. Oh wow! All right. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but sh- okay, cool. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Give it, if we're going to do that, give it, it's five minute due, then yes, I, I'm fine with that. But the three hour discussion on Snow White? No. no that, that'd be a little bit of overkill. <laughs> Just a little bit. But no, yeah. And, but yeah, no, in all seriousness, oh you know, if there's like, if there's like something you guys want to do that maybe the rest of us haven't seen or whatever it is, you know. It can it can even be a one on one. That's just one episode. It doesn't have to be a whole retrospective, but it could be a one on one, you know, or yeah. something like that. But um, but yeah, cool. So yeah, watch that this week, and then we'll be back with the Matrix Reloaded, and we'll go from there. So uh, nice. I'm excited oh, for Terminator. Me Terminator's too. gonna be fun. Terminator's yeah. gonna be fun. Um, so I had uh, a lengthy discussion with someone about Terminator recently, and our views differed very wildly. <laughs> get that person on the show. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Believe it, she follows the show. <laughs> oh boy! Wife. Oh boy! <laughs> your wife? No, it's uh, it's actually Kendall. Oh, <laughs> oh, get Kendall in on that episode, <laughs> Kendall. If you're still watching, you gotta join the Terminator show. I that mean, would be I controversial. Mean, she, she did just comment saying, "Hey, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with this flight." Question: Mike, I have I have two other movies, and you have to pick one. To do a retrospective with me. Okay. The first is uh, Stuart Little. Uh, Kendall, you kind of called yourself out there. You have <laughs> been called out. No, Kendall offered a, re- a lot of really good points. She has. In favor Kendall, of you're a very or... faithful viewer. In favor of Terminator? Uh, in favor of against Terminator. Against Terminator. <laughs> That's, not That's why she's got to be on there. Because <laughs> she's, I, we, we, she's opposing Terminator, okay? We can have a whole hour we can have a whole hour where Jeremy and her just butt heads. And you know what? You know what? For once, it's not going to be my mind that gets changed on a movie. There in you go, favor, Jeremy. In favor of not that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm in moment, favor okay. of not no, no. Not this. Well, she says she loves Terminator, man. She loves it. I'm an advocate, so I can't wait for our Terminator retrospective. That's going to be fun. I, I've, I've wanted to do Terminator for a while because there's a lot of controversial chapters in that series that can 
create good conversation. There's another trilogy from the 90s that we should cover. Um, did any of you all ever see uh, Free Willy? Yeah. Uh, yes, I did. Neil's floppy disk. So wait, was it Stuart Little or Free Willy? It was yeah, Stuart it was... Little or Free Willy. Yeah. I would do. I would do either. I would I do either one of those with you. I would. I would do either one with you. I would do that. I would. Do, I would do Stuart Little over Free Willy only because Hugh Laurie is such an amazing actor. Good but point. Michael Jackson is um, is in Free Willy. Is he really? Well, his music, but yeah, that's awesome. Let's do Stuart Little, please. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, floppy disk. How he, yeah, you got that too, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, Alistair is the glitch in the Matrix. <laughs> He's just everything. He's everywhere. Do you know? Do you know how you know that you hit that glitch point? And there's the deja vu moment. Hmm. All you're gonna hear is just it repeated. It's sticky over and over again. <laughs> we will officially hit that, and Jeremy will be going off saying it's uh, what's subjective. The, what's the line? It's subjective. Dan, we were trying to just decide on your slogan. We 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 haven't decided on it yet. No, we need a slogan for you. I don't. I have think one it's. Yet. I'm very disappointed in your score. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> I think I might start to gravitate toward in favor against. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, I, I do I have. <laughs> I do have a slogan for us right now, though. What's that? That's a wrap. Wait, that's mine. okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. To play us out tonight, it's Alistair and Dan. So Alistair, no, it's ruined. Flexible <laughs> that you can't switch and say the other one. I don't remember what he said you had to say. <laughs> I just remembered my line. What was don't your line? Don't give these two a script. Don't give these two a script. Well, what no, was your ladies line? And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on another episode of Lights, Camera, Action or Movie Review Podcast. That's a wrap. No, no. These two have to I'm just busting for yeah, the gun so the answer his line. Yes, and, and the other line is cut and snap. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> there we go, I... No, cut and, cut and print, right? Cut and print. That, that's Dan's, but you have a line first. <laughs> that's rap. Let's rap. Okay. Let us rap? Not to that's a rap. Okay, crunch, no, rap. No, crunch rap. <laughs> That's a wrap. Cut and print. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. And coming later this week, the final part of our Saw retrospective as we break down Saw, the final chapter, and Jigsaw. And coming next month, we continue our Matrix retrospective with The Matrix Reloaded. To read more of our reviews and listen to our podcast, go to lcamoviereviews.com or lcamoviereviews.squarespace.com. Thank you for listening to the Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews Podcast.